and welcome back to episode 150 of the Weekly Tech Round with me, Jay. And me, Carl. It's that time of the week again. It is. Oh, yeah, and we're doing it again. It's a repeat of last week. I, just, I tell you, there's a gremlin in the system of the soundboard. I just, I just, I it's not incompetence, honest. Yeah, I wonder whether it's got a loop on it. I reckon it must be some loop feature that I've enabled by mistake. But hey, it is gremlin time. That's what time of weekend is. It's gremlin time. We're back for episode 150. I can't believe we've got to this stage. Um, but thank you for hanging on in there with us. Uh, um, whoa, what a week we it has been, isn't it? We have got uh... a <laughs> crazy weekend. I would say to you, it probably is a Hollywood film in the making, is it not? Or oh, it ne- will be, Netflix definitely. Drama. The Netflix drama in the making. Well, we're going to talk to you about OpenAI and the catastrophic mm. meltdown slash uh, roller coaster that happened um, pretty much last weekend and over this last week. Um, if you've not seen much of it or you've kind of not really been sure what's going on, we're going to talk you through the whole saga. Uh, we'll also cover SpaceX with the Starship flight, Starship flight excuse me. Uh, Gearbox uh, owner Embracia Group uh, has made some layoffs, and we saw that saw that one coming. And Broadcom finally closed out the VMware $61 billion acquisition this week again, so we'll talk about the changes there. Uh, we've got a couple of films and uh, TV in review. Uh, this week and we've got one rumor in the bucket as well but let's kick off then with this crazy saga of open ai so let me just tee this up before we kick into it <sighs> pretty much it goes like this doesn't it and we'll get the details uh sam altman fired uh sam altman considered to be reinstated microsoft hires sam altman and sam altman returns that's basically the chapter uh, summaries isn't yeah, it? yeah. move along <laughs> nothing else to hear <laughs> but pretty much it. so this so last week on was it the uh, friday last week friday november 17th so a week ago uh last friday um breaking news sam altman got fired as a ceo of open hour didn't he in a random sort of sudden move uh, execution, some might say, but uh, yeah, the board unanimously voted to fire him. Uh, they kind of put out a statement saying, you know, Mr. Altman's departure follows a deliberative review process by the board, which concluded that he was sorry that he was not consistently candid in his communication with the board, hindering its ability to exercise its responsibilities. The board no longer has confidence in its ability to continue leading open AI. Though they wouldn't substantiate, you know or provide any evidence, and we've still not seen any evidence, have we, about this um, consistently candid uh, or lack of communication, basically. If we go back to that, if we you know take that mm. incident in isolation, as you yep. say, there was nothing, really nothing, that was like concrete to say, oh my god, what did he do? Uh, you know, or, yep. or you know, the, here's a screenshot of something he sent or what he said. There was nothing really to say, wow, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That's a firing offence, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't only him, though, was it? They also removed uh, Greg Brockman, who was one of the co-founders. They removed him from the board, but he didn't he get quit, to keep his job. No, but he he then quit, didn't he? he yeah, he resigned shortly he, after. Yeah. Uh, um, interestingly, though, Sam Altman himself, about an hour later, uh, on again on the same day, the Friday, uh, posted on X, Twitter, <clears> whatever you want to call it. Um, Basically saying, yeah, great, thanks. I love my time at OpenAI. The man doesn't know how to use capital letters, I've noticed. Um, no. Basically said that he enjoyed it, and uh, I've got a new gig coming up, pretty much. I've got more to say about what's next. So kind of, yeah. like, well, maybe there's something going on here, wasn't we? we were kind of Yeah, we were speculating there must be some big announcement or something he'd done really badly that, for the reason, you know, the board to get rid of him. He was very successful leading OpenAI. He's the face of OpenAI. Uh, so to suddenly fire him, you know, it must have been serious. Uh, but, you know, we'll get on to that. And uh, what they, do? they put the current CTO, uh, Mira Murati, 
she, they, they said she'd be the interim CEO in, in, you know, until they fulfilled uh, or found someone else to be the CEO. Uh, but then and things Microsoft, got a bit more crazy, didn't they? Well, they did. Before, and then, you know, this all happened. Uh, Microsoft had Ignite that week, didn't they? And they put out loads of, loads of um, innovations and updates around AI, basically, across everything. Um, and... They made a comment, didn't they? They commented to The Verge and other things saying yep. that you know, they've got a long-term partnership with OpenAI and we're committed to Mira and the team as we bring the next year of AI to customers. Yep. That's to a statement sent by the Microsoft spokesperson. And uh, Satya Nadella basically said the same thing in a tweet, didn't he, as well? He did, yeah. Um, so there was some weird stuff going on. So it just seemed that maybe Sam Altman had done something very bad. Really bad, yeah. And what we couldn't figure out was what had he done, and then, as you say, then it got weird, didn't it? Then it got yeah. Very so we had what well, basically we had a number of other senior researchers resign at the same time, you know, saying that they'd basically follow Sam uh, wherever he was going. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, but then opening eyes board said they were in discussions with Sam for him to return. Uh, it was a key deadline, I think, five p.m. on Saturday night, uh, uh, which the the board missed. Um, and many more open AI staff have said at that point they're resigning as well. So we've got quite a following gun here, you know. So basically talks failed with Sam. Uh Sam wanted the board to step down was the understanding. Of course the board refused. Uh so bizarrely, the board then announced that ex Twitch CEO and co founder Emmett Emmett Shear had been named interim CEO, not Mira Marathi. So that was a bit weird. Uh but we didn't really hear much more to the morning, did we, till Sunday? No, and just I guess at this point, what we should also add is that um, the 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 guy from Twitch uh, also has quite a large holding in the AI competitor, uh, OpenAI competitor, Anthropic, yeah. doesn't it? So we'll just keep that in mind at this point as well. It does. So what was so, so yeah. Sunday? What did we get to Sunday? Yeah. Uh, oh, that was it. Um, Sam and Greg, and together with many other colleagues, are now joining Microsoft. Was the announcement? Uh, yes. He was going to lead a new advanced AI research team at Microsoft, be the CEO of it. That's it. So, yeah, massive development. All of a sudden, massive curveball flying around the corner yep. as uh, Satya put a tweet out, didn't he, saying, yep. we're super excited to have you join us as CEO of this new group, Sam, of setting pace for innovation. Blah, 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 went on. And like it was like, whoa. All of a sudden, Greg Brockman pops up on Twitter as well, yep. going, we're going to build something new. And the new leadership was going to be uh, Mira, uh, Sam, yep. him, and a couple of the other key people from OpenAI. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, Microsoft just pulled off one hell of a coup. Because remember they put in, was it 80 billion? If I was it about 80 billion, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, or, or no, was it? Hang on, maybe I've got them wrong. I think they oh, lost sorry, yeah, was it. Sorry, they put in 10 billion investment into OpenAI. Um, and when the news of San Altman broke, they their stock <clears> price <throat> dropped by 80 did, yeah. billion dollars um, because of the, you know, the war about investment. Now on the news, of uh, Sam Altman joining Microsoft, well, you can imagine the stock rallied. It didn't just rally, it went through the roof, didn't it? <laughs> it and, just... and, you know, the other thing that certainly helped it, uh, you know, then a letter sur surfaced, a letter that, what, 700 employees of OpenEye, AI, no, but they only have 770 employees, so seven, 700 out of 770 had signed this letter basically saying, uh, we're resigning, uh, if Sam isn't reinstated, we'll follow him wherever he goes. And obviously Microsoft put out a statement saying, Anyone at OpenAI would like a job, we'll take them on. We'll match all their um, <laughs> their salary and whatever bonuses they're getting. So it looked like, yeah, Microsoft maybe just got the entire of OpenAI for $10 billion. 
Yeah, so they basically picked it up for pocket change. They basically acquired, you know, at this point in time, it looked like they'd acquired OpenAI, as you say, <laughs> without buying the company. Um, they'd got all of the leadership. They were going to pick up pretty much most of the engineering team if they yep. wanted to yep. match the compensation, all without regulatory oversight, <laughs> all without having to buy the company. They pretty much pulled off what can only be described as the sale of the century. I mean, and did it, you see that? Who else signed that letter about resigning? Yes, Ilya. Uh, yes, Ilya, who, um, a member of the board, wasn't he? Who got rid of Sam? Well, he wasn't a member of the board. He was a chief scientist. No, but he was he was on the board. Sorry, so yes, he was on the board. He's a chief scientist, but he was on the board that um, got rid of Sam. Sutskavia, Sutskaveska, I apologise, I butchered that terribly. Um, but he is, uh, he was um, pretty much, he's pretty much on the brains behind OpenAI, isn't he? Yeah. And he uh, he is really much about leading it. He, you know, went moved from Russia to Israel. He, you know, has an um, interest in neural networks, artificial learning, deep learning. Um, and four days ago, um, he put out a tweet, which I'll come back to in a minute. But mm. yeah, he, he was one of the leading proponents of overthrowing Sam, effectively, and getting him yeah. out of OpenAI. And you're right. He pretty much did a U-turn mm. and said, uh, you know, actually, no, no, uh, I think Sam should come back. Now, whilst this is all going on, we've also then got, Mark Benehoff from Salesforce popping up. Oh, yeah, haven't we? Yeah. Basically saying, uh, if you want to come and join um, Salesforce, Salesforce work, to work on Einstein, which is their, their open AI uh, chat GPT slash whatever, you know, enterprise bot competitor, we'll match your salaries, come and work under this great team here. And he was trying to poach all of them as well. It's like, what the hell is going on? We've got like, you know, <clears throat> open AI who are the darlings of this, you know, new world of um, artificial intelligence, you know, going on. We've got regulatory issues going on behind the scenes for months. We've now, you know, got the company in free fall. Yeah. We've got competitors like looking here to snap everybody up. <clears throat> Microsoft looks like they're about to pull off this coup. And then the other weird rumors start flying around that why Sam was let go. And none of these have been substantiated. No. One of the ones that keeps popping up is that there had been a major discovery around AGI. And AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, is the thing that they're all after. The, the holy grail. Reason, the holy grail. The whole reason OpenAI exists is to create artificial general intelligence, which for all intents and purposes is, I'm going to use the worst example known to man, but it's like Skynet. It's like Johnny Five. From, you yeah. know, it is a computer that has the ability to think for itself and make decisions. Now, that intelligence level initially is not going to be that of, a, uh, I guess, a mature human being. It's going to be of a child. But that is the, the point where we have crossed the threshold of not sentience, but we've crossed the threshold of just being able to ask questions and get natural language response back, haven't we? That is the yeah. key game yeah, here. Yeah. And there were some rumors going around that OpenAI had made these discoveries and that Sam wanted to push ahead with the commercial angle without taking on board the safety aspects of it. Because the whole worry yeah. is if we get AGI, we're, to put it bluntly, we are screwed as a race, aren't we? Because you know, <laughs> you know, that's Take it. the worst of Terminator and all those bad sci-fi yeah. movies. And yeah. yeah. Now, what we should stress here at this point, <clears throat> none of this has been verified and other critics have shot this down going, actually, that's not the case at all. There are different levels of AGI, and it could be that actually OpenAI has you know, crossed the threshold in terms of 
technology, but not one that they are releasing to the public. However, it, the other parts came back, didn't it? The, the other side of the you know the rumors were that Sam actually the worry was that Sam was the worry was more about Sam pushing himself forward from the commercial aspect of trying to push out capabilities, isn't it? You know, monetize <clears throat> yeah. OpenAI as opposed to that core goal of what they were trying to achieve, which is the AGI piece here. But as you say, none of this was going on, and we've got um, oh god, what's the guy's name again? The Twitch guy, I've just forgotten his name. Uh, um, Emmett. We've got Emmett saying he's asked the board. To, to give him definitive proof that Sam had done something wrong, hadn't he? Yeah. And we didn't get it. We didn't no, get we it. Didn't. it. Nothing happened. And then mm. on um, Tuesday, 20, Tuesday, which was the twenty second, wasn't it? If I remember yeah. correctly, um, <laughs> we went full circle. Well, we did. They, they announced there was a what an agreement in principle. It said had been reached between OpenAI and Sam for, for him and Greg to return. Uh, nearly all the previous board will be replaced, with the exception of Adam D'Angelo. Uh, with new board members, Brett Taylor and Larry Summers will be joining, uh, and Ilya Sutskiva, Tasha McClowley, and Helen Topper, the toner, stepping down. So they were the other three, along with Adam, who were on the original board. So they'll be stepping down, apparently. And the main job of this small initial board is to vet and appoint an expanded board of up to nine people that we will reset the governance of OpenAI, apparently. So as you can imagine, both Microsoft uh, and Sam want a seat at the board on, on this new uh, OpenAI board. Uh, but yeah, and also both sides have agreed to an investigation by an independent third party into what actually happened. Uh, some would call it a hostile takeover by the board, really, uh, which is pretty much what we think it probably is. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget, that's a non-profit board as well. It so is, everybody yeah. Everybody on that is a non-profit executive, executives. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's some weird other elements that came out. So the Verge, the Verge did some investigations on their own, didn't they, yeah. what's going on here. Um, and one of the things was, apparently what they discovered was that on Sunday, um, Ilya um, had his position changed due to, and again, this is only by the Verge's reporting, um, a plea from Greg Brockman's wife. Now, it turns out, according to their reporting, that Ilya... Uh, was the one that officiated their wedding at the OpenAI headquarters. Oh, okay. Talk about, talk about right. So, you know, with that gone, and his, because he was, as you say, the, possibly the ringleader here, um, the rest of the three remaining board members, clearly their position was then going to be untenable, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Emmett Shear, for all intents and purposes, um, was hired and fired in like 24 hours. <laughs> he said he was going to quit, didn't he, unless they could do Yeah, he did. There yeah. was also rumours, and again, these are unsubstantiated at the moment, that there were talks about OpenAI looking to merge with Anthropic, wasn't it? Um, and yeah. Anthropic said no. Now, that's the one, if you're not familiar with Anthropic, Anthropic is the one that is kind of backed by AWS at the moment. Um, and they have uh, Claude, which is their OpenAI, uh, their ChatGPT kind of equivalent. Um, I've used Claude. Claude's really good. Claude is really good if you want to do long form. Um, they've just released Claude 2.0. And again, guess what? <laughs> They're monetizing it as well. Um but yeah, I mean, this was just absolutely bonkers, wasn't it? And then on the 22nd of November, there was a post on Twitter by Greg, uh, kind of major selfie with all the OpenAI team in the background saying, we are so back. Microsoft um, have also supported this, haven't they? They've kind yep. of supported the whole thing. Um, given that, you know, you've got Nutella saying, uh, Nutella saying he's, uh, you know, Welcome him to Microsoft. They're going to have this great new business unit. We've heard nothing more about that, have we? To see what's going on well, there. No, I mean, he had to take a shot, let's be honest. If you could pick up OpenAI, and plus they spent, what, 10 billion? The share price on that announcement probably covered that 10 billion. 
probably so, but I wouldn't be surprised if they are now uh, their their partnership with Microsoft deepens massively now. Yeah, well, Satya Nadella, he'll have a he'll he'll be wanting a seat on that board, will he? Yeah, and I think that Sam and Greg mm-hmm. more than likely will have some either a non-executive role or whatever in shaping that AI unit at Microsoft. That's my personal thing. Yeah. Now, on the twenty second. Uh, Microsoft CTP, uh, CTO, excuse me, an EVP of AI, Kevin Scott, um, sent out an internal um, email, didn't they, about OpenAI. Um, now, The Verge got a copy of this as well, and they sent out, I'm not going to read all of it, but it pretty much uh, explains uh, what's gone on. Um, and they basically said that, you know, they're really pleased to carry on working with Sam and his team. Um, and they've put, despite the, the potential of the past few days to distract us, both Microsoft and OpenAI scientists have, have been working with undiminished urgency. They've said Azure has uh, deployed new AI compute features. Um, OpenAI has continued to ship new features like the voice piece in ChatGPT. Apparently, you can now talk to ChatGPT on your on iOS and your Android apps. Very good. Okay. Um and they've said all of these things will be an accomplishment for a quarter for normal teams. However, they've done it with uh, three in a week with a major US holiday and all this noise around us. Um, so really, it, you know, clearly there's a lot going on behind the scenes with <clears> yeah. the teams. Um, and they've said, on behalf of the senior leadership team, we thank you all for your resolve and all the people that have gone, have gone above and beyond in the last few days. Um, and Nadella, uh, Nadella said the same thing as well. He put out a message saying, you know, how good this is, the company's great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what they don't talk about in both of their emails is this new advanced AI research team or yeah. that Altman won't join Microsoft. No, it's uh, gone quiet on that. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> don't imagine next week will be anywhere near as turbulent as this one was, uh, but hopefully we'll have some updates. Yeah, and I think, you know, let's take a step back to the whole thing. You know, the the, the AGI piece all right is that what the whole reason um is that open ai exists open ai's mission statement is to ensure artificial general intelligence benefits all humanity yeah that is their goal and if they are successful in creating that that apparently that deal with microsoft um is not null and void but basically open ai become a competitor of every other company in the world well yes because they then have the ability to uh, provide the capability to not replace. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that's the thing we need to kind of level set here, isn't it, as well, with AGI. This is not going to be Skynet. This is not going to be the end of everybody's jobs who use, you know, a computer or, or capabilities like that. This is not that. AGI will become a tool. And it's the same way that, you know, the car uh, or the tractor didn't get rid of, you know, people who worked manual labor in agriculture or anything like that. Mm. It just changed the way we work. And AGI will do the same. It will change the way we work and technology uh, interacts with us, isn't it? That's effectively what's going to happen here. But the worry is that if AGI falls into the wrong hands and you have it with, should we say, nefarious um, uh, regimes or whatever, there is a worry then that obviously things can happen. Of course. But that's, you know, but that's the worry that we have with any technology, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's just another tool. It's how we use it. It is. But my God, I like you say, this past week, I don't think, if you'd said to me, like, you know, at the end of last week, after we finished our last show and we wrapped up, <laughs> you're never going to guess what's going to happen now. No, I no. Wouldn't have thought that. 
we were talking about what you know kind of stories covering for show 150 and i'm like you know you know we were talking about maybe some things well you know this was just <laughs> it just landed in our laps isn't it and it was just I, we were exchanging messages of the different updates. It was like, have you seen this? And every time it was like, it was just like a bombshell every time, wasn't it? Boom, boom, yeah. boom. <laughs> but yeah, but there you go. So this is, quite frankly, the craziest week I think we've had in some of the tech for some time. Um, and I suspect we will have more updates as we go. Yeah. yeah. OpenAI, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I'm enjoying your capabilities. I have to say, the latest updates to ChatGPT have been really, really good. Um, the DALI uh, 3 integration, you know, you can just say to it, create me a picture, yeah. um, has been very good. I've been having some great fun with that with my kids. Uh, they've been writing to Santa Claus. Um, oh, yeah. And OpenAI has made me some fantastic pictures that I've sent back to them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's been very, very good. Um, and that response. So very good. And and I've also been creating my own GPTs. You know, I showed you the other day I've created my oh, you own did, GPT yes. as a security advisor, but after teaching it myself, super simple, really, really easy to do. So yeah, very cool technology. Okay then. So once we take a breath, let's talk about some different tech. Let's talk about yeah. space and rockets then. So yes. SpaceX have also been in the news in the last week as well, haven't they? They have. They they launched what there was a second test flight for Starship. Uh, I mean it ultimately ended in what they call a rapid unscheduled disassembly <laughs> or boom, uh, you know, an explosion. But it did well, it did much better than the last one, didn't it? You know, we started off well, I think was it all 33 engines ignited on this the Super Heavy pad. Booster, yep. which was better than last time? Great. It successfully lifted off. Uh, the launch pad didn't self-destruct this time. So that's a winner. That new um, that new assembly uh, <clears throat> that uh, they had put in place, um, I saw some pictures apparently afterwards. Uh, Elon Musk tweeted that it, it was still in place and with some minor work would be ready to go or refurbishment for the next launch. So yeah. work. So that was great. It went up. We had a successful separation, didn't we, of Starship uh, from the Super Heavy Booster. Yeah, uh, so past the Carmen line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The booster did explode uh, after separation <laughs> rather than continuing down to do a... Well, they're planning a descent into a water landing, weren't they? So they were, yeah. That didn't really work. But no, still, Starship was fine at that point. It fired all its engines off. Made it to space, uh, continued up to, what, 91 miles, I think it was, above the Earth. So we're well into space at this point. And then we lost contact. Uh, yep, so it blew up at that point, is the understanding. Hmm. <laughs> uh, we don't know why it blew up yet. I've not seen any report about why, but I'm sure we will. No, and one of the things they did here was uh, something they had enough forward. They did what's called a hot staging, wasn't it? So they separated Starship from yep. the Super Heavy rocket, um, and the, and the hot staging is basically where the the booster the super heavy has burned through most of its spore and it's ready to break away. Yeah. And then what happens that is um, all the rockets go through a process called stage separation, which you know splits them, yeah. um, break away. This one, um, it has uh, the Falcon, which is the one that we see all the time doing the landings. You know, back on that. Yeah. Um, that has what they call pneumatic pushers. So that has a ring. Between the two systems, you know, the, the new parts of the rocket that pushes one away from the other. Yes. Yeah? And then they um, fire the engines on the second yeah. one, don't they? Yeah. Starship, though, the hot separation <clears throat> is exactly how it might sound is basically uh, Starship turned on, turned, turned on its engines and accelerated away uh, from the booster. Uh, now, that may or may not have been the reason why we had the, the, uh, the unintended rapid disassembly yeah. of one of them. Um, Starship or Tesla, sorry, SpaceX haven't said 
the reason behind it. Uh, but they have said that they are saying that this is a success. The fact that we passed the Kármán line, we got into space, um, as far as they're concerned, was a successful Yeah. Um, but some critics have said that this could slow down NASA's human landing sister program because, you know, they were expecting it to have uh, released. Oh, you know, um, I'm not sure. I mean, we, the... I'd say that we got delayed because the last time it blocked the landing pad and caused an awful mess in Texas, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Uh, now that it proved the landing pad works and it doesn't blow up, I think they'll get their launch windows a lot quicker. And this is the way SpaceX works. It does, you know, rapid development, you know, rapid failure is what they call it, don't they? So they'll learn from this, they'll fire the next one up. If that doesn't work, they'll learn from that and it'll keep getting better over time. It's exactly what they did with the, uh, with the Falcon rockets. And this is the difference to NASA themselves, isn't it, yeah. in the way they operate? And must you know must say that SpaceX do not you know safety is a massive concern. So there's no loss of you know they're not trying to do things on the cheap or uh, you know the way uh, technology you know tech companies work was it fail fast, isn't it? You know yeah. um, that's how they're not operating. But you're right. This is about rapid development. It's the ability to uh, move quickly. Unlike you know government agency where there's a lot of regulation and compliance, you know, and money. Of course, that's the other major issue here. They are able to move a lot quicker and, as yeah. you say, you know, get things up and running. Um, and you're right; this, you know, they, they are ahead of any other, any other, well, anybody else, quite frankly. If I put and it, it will still come in less than SLS, even with all these explosions. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? They are massively ahead of SLS, and SLS, you know, well, we've had a what? We've had one launch of SLS with the Orion. Yeah. Um, with the moon and when's the next i can't i'm not even sure when then is when there's the next no uh, idea SLS. well once they built uh, a new one because it's not reusable is it no so the sls launch schedule i did have it here is meant to be november next year we, we probably so, had two or three more starships by that point yeah so the artemis 2 mission yeah meant to launch in a year's time and that is uh, that. That is the first uh, manned mission. So that's basically going to be the same as Apollo Ten, where they launched right. them. They're going to fly to the moon, do a dry run around the moon, and come back. So a loop round and back, yeah, okay. yeah, a full system test with with a with a manned crew uh, crew. Everything but landing. So, yeah, which is basically what Apollo Ten did. Now, as you say, I imagine we'll have probably had two, at least one, if not two, Starship tests or launched by then. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, look, I'm I'm so impressed to see this. It's amazing to see the development in space. I mean, alongside AI, the race to get people back onto the moon, onto Mars, is just so exciting. It really is, isn't it? It yeah. just is. I, I, you know, we have, we live in a time where it's not just the Americans or the Russians, you know, or whoever else has got a flight program, China, India. You know, we've got commercial side here. We haven't even got to the Blue Origin. Uh, have we there? Is it the the blue the shepherd launch yet? Nope. That hasn't been done yet. You know, uh, Jeff Bezos's male anatomy shaped rockets. Um, those <laughs> haven't, you know, we're probably still waiting for him. But they're apparently close to doing their uh, lander okay. testing, aren't they? As well. So yeah, we've got lots going on. I think next year could be a really interesting year. But yeah, SpaceX second spot. I can't get the words out. SpaceX second Starship test yep. flight uh, was a success, depending on how you look at it. Then. Yeah, yeah. So now on to more bad news. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think you, you've obviously probably heard over the last year, we've probably mentioned it several times that Embrace the group have just been gobbling up companies left, right, and center, haven't they? They're kind of uh, 
a beer off now of uh, game publishers and they own so many companies. Well, now it's restructuring time. Uh, and they are laying off up to 900 people, apparently, around 5% of their total workforce. Uh, and that's despite, I mean, they did their earnings the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had, what, uh, net sales increasing year on year of 13% uh, for the second quarter of 2023. Uh, it also stated that it's the strongest quarter for new releases ever. So they seem to be doing really, really well. But obviously, they bought these companies now they need to start cutting people. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not great. They're going to shut down what, Saints Row developer, Volition, is it? Volition? Saints Row, uh, Volition, isn't it? Yeah. Layoff staff at Myth Force, developer Beamdog, uh, and Star Trek Online developer Cryptic. Um, they're also reportedly on the verge of closing down the Time Splitters developer Free Radical, uh, and are looking into selling Gearbox as well. Uh, so that's quite um, quite a number of different companies there. It is, isn't it? Um, and when 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 they bought or snaffled up, I suppose. Well, look at it, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All these studios. Um, we kind of did think, didn't we, at the time, this is not going to end well. Um, no. Unsurprisingly, it hasn't ended well. Uh, you know, and some of those big launches, you know, Payday 3 was one of them, wasn't it, that we we, we played earlier yeah. in the year. Uh, uh, sorry, earlier in the year? Uh, earlier. We uh, need to get uh, back to that because it has improved. Uh, they've ironed out loads of bugs. We should definitely have a go well, on that one again, it was, but it was a disastrous it was. launch. Yes, that's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> we I lost many an evening just trying to get into a match. That matchmaking piece was quite frankly <clears throat> abysmal um yeah it's just it's just you know it's just painful because you know you, you have a game there now payday what i will say by the way about payday 3 i think they should have called it payday 2 redo redux or something because yeah. it's effectively hd payday remaster 3. yeah whatever. yeah with all the levels redone um don't get me wrong it looks pretty you know plays well when you get into it it's just it was annoying. You had to do the matchmaking even for single player. Bizarrely, yeah. Matchmaking that yourself. Is really odd. I don't get that. And I had a quick go on it the other night, uh, literally twenty minutes, um, mm. and I couldn't get into it again. Oh no! Uh, still server I, issues. Well, I, I think it may have just been. You know, I just gave up. It was just painful. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, bad news for the guys there, unfortunately. Uh, and say more bad news is, depending on how you look on it, good news for Broadcom. I was going to say, say, that depends how you look at it, doesn't it? Not so good for the people at VMware, I imagine. So yeah, basically, Broadcom has finally closed the deal to buy VMware for $61 billion. Uh, it was waiting. It finally got the approval from China, didn't it? But China have put some restrictions, uh, like our CSA does. Uh, not CSA, um CMA, sorry. Uh, yeah. There's restrictions imposed on the deal on how basically how Broadcom sells products locally in China. Namely, it has to kind of ensure that VMware's service offer will be interoperable with rival hardware. So, and I think that's a, a good thing from China. Uh, it will benefit everyone in that way. But um, yeah, and then it just goes from bad to worse. So it's pretty much as soon as the deal were done, didn't we? We heard from people we know that Broadcom basically got to rip down all the VMware signs in all the uh, VMware buildings and put Broadcom signs up uh, pretty much overnight. 
Yeah, there was heaps of pictures out of the VMware offices in the States, wasn't there, where there was yeah. like a, a perfectly shaped Broadcom cover that had gone over the like the VMware uh, office <laughs> on the roadside, wasn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, and it was perfect. It wasn't just like they shoved all over. It's, it's somebody had gone to the trouble of making one that fitted. These have been made for ages, haven't they? They've been sent out that <laughs> night to go and do it everywhere. <laughs> I just had to laugh when I saw it. But yeah, interesting. They <coughs> the social. So like on Twitter and stuff mm-hmm. like that, on LinkedIn, it still says VMware. Though I have noticed that the logo was darkened, by the way. I don't Has it? Is that. that to indicate it's deaf? <laughs> but... Uh, but that aside, yeah, they were very quick to do it. And uh, there was a um, uh, a post put out, wasn't it, saying um, on the register we saw the new business yep. units that's uh, going to make did. up um, VMware by Broadcom. That's what it, I couldn't think of the name. Yeah, of the, the four it. new – we restructured into four divisions, they said, didn't they? So we've got a, a VMware Cloud Foundation division, uh, VCF, uh, a Tanzu division, a software-defined edge division, an application network and security division. But, uh, and we've mentioned this in the past. We were always wondering what's going to happen to end-user computing, and that was not mentioned in any of those divisions, was it? No. Uh, it's, it's interesting. They say so application network and security makes me wonder whether they're going to retain carbon black then, I think, by the look of it. They might, yes. Yeah, Strip um, out carbon black. Um, well, I, I don't know what happens to Horizon, which is part of no, end-user computing. Yeah, I think I think carbon black will stay because yeah, that. But you're yeah. right, the EUC overlay. So that's the you know acquisitions of AirWatch, which makes up their mobile device management. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, it's not mobile device management anymore, is it? What am I? UEM, Unified, Unified Endpoint management. management. I should know that. Uh, as well as Horizon, as you say, which is the desktop as a service offering their capabilities. Now, we haven't heard anything about it. Um, all of the those business units are now run by. Um, a VP or SVP, and they all have the title uh, general manager. Yeah. Um, they're all VMware executives who have previously been in the company. Interestingly, they all look to be um, Indian-based um, VPs. Now, they may be in the US. Yeah. Again, you know, real, real uh, coup there. You know, in terms of um, not just your traditional background of you know white middle class male executive so again you know oh. we're seeing some real diversity in technical leadership um but you're right they've gone um one one executive who's no longer there though is the yes. ceo uh, oh, he has gone he it? has stepped well he stepped down from the ceo role i presume he's probably hanging around for a little bit to ensure a smooth transition, transition. but uh yeah his days are numbered um Say, and that's what we think is probably going to happen with energy computing. Uh, so, Broadcom really didn't mention them. We suspect they will probably be sold off or stripped for parts. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, uh, wherever you sit in VMware currently, I suspect there's going to be massive layoffs inbound, even in those four divisions. Yeah, exactly. And, and you should say, Ragu, who left the company as CEO, pretty much I think we all knew. And I, 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 uh, I worked for VMware at the time when they were when he took over after Pat left. Yeah. And it pretty much felt like he was caretaker. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that. And then when they had the spin off from Dell. Yep. Uh, you know, again, you kind of thought, mm, this doesn't look good. No, no, it doesn't. 
And you know, he he put out a letter to on LinkedIn. He put out a sanitized version of the the, the email he sent to all VMware employees. Apparently, there were some bits missing, um, but he basically says, you know, all the good things. You know, great job, blah 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 blah. Um, and says that he's going to take a short break, rejuvenate, and then find a new and impactful mission in which I can pour my energy. But he's going to stay as an association with VMware as a strategic advisor to Hock Tan. So there you go. Yeah, that was his point in the but yeah, end of an era, really. I think, you know, VMware's not going anywhere, obviously, as a no, of course not. product. But I think end of an era as an independent software company, or at least, you know, one as, you know, a, a company that's traded on the stock exchange, you know, as they were. So, yeah, I don't know. Is this is this the turning point? Do we see now people like Nutanix, you know, who they competed with stepping up to fill <laughs> yep. uh, that position that VMware had? I think probably not straight away, but I do suspect... The uh, days of a software-defined data center have probably changing. changing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we know Broadcom are going to hike those prices uh, of your VMware licenses. So over the next couple of years, they're going to go up uh, tremendously. Uh, so there'll be a lot of people that will just push out who can't afford that, a lot of companies. So, yeah, we will see new players or old players step up to the plate. There is. So, But again, <laughs> you know, those that are still at VMware, uh, you know, we wish you well. Um, the best of luck. Yeah, you know, I'm sure many of you, though, will make a, a, a good career out of Tom Broadcom. And obviously, being part of a much larger organization gives you opportunities. Um, but for those that are looking for new roles or, or searching again, uh, good luck in that area as well. And, uh, you know, please leverage your networks. We, you know, those of us that are in the industry, we're, we're there to help. Okay, so let's talk mm. about TV then. Uh, we've got two things this week, haven't we? We've got a new Apple TV series. We have. Uh, and a new film has dropped. So let's talk about the TV series, which is part of the um, MonsterVerse, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So I think we've, I've watched the first three episodes. Uh, I think this is, um, it's basically it's set around Godzilla and all the other kaiju and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's set just after 2014's Godzilla film. Uh, but before the happenings of 2019's Godzilla King of Monsters, you know, if you've watched and, these and films. The Kong films. So and the Kong was, films, yeah. Uh, well, the first Kong film obviously happened before this, didn't it? The first Kong film set in the 70s, isn't it? So yeah. Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Okay, cool. So, all right. So we're kind of in a, in a separate time zone then. So what's we the are. premise? So basically, we've got, we're kind of following two groups of people here uh, and the mysterious monarch organization. Uh, and it's spread across two different time zones. I think one's like 1950s, 60s, and the other's 2015. So, you know, it's one of those ones that jumps back and forth between time zones or time... Uh, so you need to pay attention when you're watching it. Uh, but so it, it's generally following what is the... In the 1950s, 60s, where they discover these giant monsters and Monarch becomes an organisation, or it's a research for, uh, firm at that point, uh, working for the military, uh, and it's you know, the beginnings of that, and they're starting to study these monsters, monsters and figure out, I suppose, how they can kill them and protect themselves from it. Uh, and then the, the, the timeline running in 2015 is around uh, a small group of people uh, who don't know Monarch yet, but it seems that their parents were part of the organization and have mysteriously died or gone missing. Uh, so okay. so we're only on, I'm only on episode three. That's all that's been released so far. So it's still early days and a lot of mystery involved. But uh, so far, uh, me and, and my wife have been thoroughly enjoying it. It's kind of kept us captivated. There's a nice pace to it. It's not all about the monsters. You know, you usually see at least one monster every episode so far, but it's not the main part of the story yet. Excellent, excellent. This is fantastic. I mean, I really love the Monsterverse films. Yeah. Um, I watched... Um... 
uh, funnily enough, the Godzilla one the other night, the one that where he attacks San, well, he doesn't attack San Francisco, does he? He he has he has a fight with the two KG who are trying to lay their eggs in San Francisco. Yeah, that's um, it. And, that's pretty good. And I quite like the one uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters as well. You know, with the, with the mega kind of super Muto, wasn't it, and things like that. Um, it, yeah, it's really good. And I think you know, for me, this was something when I saw it advertised was like, oh, this will either be yeah. awesome or it'll be terrible. But then as it's an Apple TV show, kind of a bit of bias comes it's in. Got a big budget. Know? Yeah, it's going to have a budget. And it's got a great cast. So Kurt Russell's in it. He is, stars, yes. Um, John Goodman, I understand, pops up as well. He does, yep. Uh, uh, and again, there's you know other actors involved. But, you know, some real, a couple of big names, I should say, to start with, at least. Uh, it's refreshing to see the other side of it, because they mention Godzilla in San Fran as part of the initial story. But this, cause I think this is mostly said in 2015-16. There's still a lot of misunderstanding about what actually went on there, and people just don't know. So it's still early days for that. Um um, yeah, very, very good. So if you like any of the Godzilla films, uh, or you just like kaiji and monsters in general, definitely watch it. Awesome. Well, I've got that queued up for a flight that I'm going to be doing in a couple of weeks' time, so I'll yep. be enjoying those, I think, on that one. So, talk, and another, so talking then to from kind of uh, monsters to, again, a bit of AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit um, of AI. We've got the creator then, which has just come out as well, hasn't it? We have. So this is what this is set further in the future. Uh, you know, uh, twenty seventy, I think it's meant to be. So, and it's set fifteen years after a nuclear detonation in LA. Uh, and it was AI that set off the nuclear detonation. So there's a war going on between artificial artificial intelligence and uh, the human race, or parts of the human race, generally the Americans. Um, uh, so. Uh, yeah, the world seems to be split into two. There's the the people like New Asia uh, who who want to coexist with the AI, and the AI in in this film is in the form of robots, not Terminator like ones. They all look very very human. Um, and then there's yeah, there's the Americans who want to destroy it at all costs because obviously they blew up Los Angeles, <laughs> so kind of understandable there. Um, and it's, the premise really is about around an ex special forces agent who's re recruited to hunt down and kill the creator uh, who has really developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war apparently um and i don't really want to spoil too much about what the what the super weapon is uh but safe to say you know he goes on a, a journey of self discovery uh but also he's ex special forces so there's lots of shooting and death and explosions uh, as you go along it's a bit action packed um sounds good yeah, definitely one to watch. It's a bit hard to explain. I say I'd give away too much by telling you too much. Uh, but I'm not sure. I really enjoyed it, though. Doing my research for the the podcast here, I did look on IMDb and it did not get a good rating. So I don't know. Maybe it's not good for most people. But I enjoyed it. I guess it depends on whether or not that's your taste. I suppose. Anyway, yeah. I, looking at the things, people were analysing too much and saying there were plot holes and stuff like that. I was like, but yeah, it was. I just viewed it as a sit back, enjoy the premise kind of film. And yeah, I, I did enjoy it. And so did my wife. Awesome. Well, again, that's in my list uh, for that trip as well. So I've got, I'm looking forward to these. This mm. should be good. Awesome. Well, in that case, then, I think that brings us nicely to. And we've got one rumor in the bucket this week, then, haven't we? Which is. Yes. Oh, uh, the iPhone SE4. Uh this is going to be quite an upgrade, if true, and actually a compelling value proposition from Apple. You don't often hear value whoa, 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 associated. Whoa, whoa. I know. Whoa, whoe, whoa, whoa, whoa. So um, we might as well end now. It's all lies. Clearly, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but they are saying the iPhone SE will be getting uh, new looks, 
um, with the SE4. It's rumored to be using a slightly modified iPhone 14 based chassis. So the current one uses uh, iPhone 8, isn't it? I think it's the one with the um, touch button on the uh, the home button on the front. Yeah. So That's apparently, yes, the older chassis that isn't it? Yeah, it is. So you're going to get one from the 14, but it's modified. So apparently, you're getting the action button. You're getting USB-C, but it has to come with USB-C, doesn't it? Because that's the law over in Europe now. Um, and you'll be getting a different camera bump to accommodate the upgraded 48-megapixel back camera. But it is allegedly only a single single camera. So not like you get on the, the Pro where you've got three cameras. You're just getting the main 48-megapixel sensor. Uh, <clears throat> now, we don't know what socket's going to be using, but I'm suspecting it's probably going to be the A16 due to the USB-C requirement. Unless they backport that to you know an A15 or 14 processor, but yeah, I suspect you're going to be getting an A16. Maybe it's slightly downclocked or has some cores disabled or something like that. But I suspect it's going to be based on that sock. Uh, but say that new chassis does mean you're no longer getting a home button or touch ID. So now the entire lineup is going to be using Face ID for everything. That's an interesting move, isn't it? Because. <clears throat> When you think mm. about what they were, the market that they are positioning this yep. at was probably that, uh, you know, uh, older generation, perhaps a, you know, I don't want to say budget, that's not the right word for Apple, is it? But a different, a different demographic. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I guess for their point of view, is they need to move everybody across to uh, USB C and USB-C stuff like that, don't USB-C, they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has to happen. So, so they don't, they can't be bringing out uh, new devices that are all running older. Socks, unless they do some heavy work to backport stuff. No, so uh, yeah, I'm... we don't know the price though. So, right, the current SE starts at I think four hundred twenty-nine pounds in the UK, and the iPhone fourteen starts at six nine nine. So the SE slots in under the fourteen, so it's got to be less than six nine nine. But Apple aren't going to put it at six four nine or like that. So, but I don't think it's going to be as cheap as four two nine. So, I mean, I could see this coming in at uh, four nine nine or more, probably more realistically five four nine be quite good wouldn't it if it, if it's true i mean you're basically getting an iphone 14 uh with some of the features of the 15 like the action button and usb c and stuff like that okay you're only getting one camera but by the sound of it, you're getting the better 48 megapixel camera from from the 15 you're again you're getting a mix m- mishmash of the two but you're not buying it for the camera that's mm. the thing isn't it you know it's no i mean but still that the 48 megapixel main camera on the on the, even on the 14 i've got is uh, pretty good yeah i i do you know what if this if this is true i have to say to you um you're right this is one hell of a value prop i think if you could get that in a 499 or something like that that would that would eat a lot of android's lunch i think Oh, they, these would fly off the shelves at that price. Yeah. It really would. If you're, and uh, for, for business users who quite often get lumped with the SE, that'd be a nice upgrade for them as well. It would do. really would do. And you know what? When I come around to buying one of my children a phone in a few years' time and these are cheap, it might yes, be... Your second-hand one with 200 quid for it, I'd imagine, on eBay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll go down very well. It'll go down very well. Yeah, not bad at all. So, no, I, I'm interested to see whether or not this is real. If it is, like I say, I... This could be one that I will be keeping more of uh, an eye on. In, in the, I in don't the know when the last SE came out. Uh, SE3? Yeah. I don't know when that actually came out. I mean, how long ago was that? Was that a year or two ago? Uh, 22. 22. So we are kind of a year ago. just over a year ago. I was yeah. just trying to think when it when we might see it. Uh, March. March. So it was March. So Maybe we'll see it next March then. 
and that launched at uh, three four twenty nine US. Yeah, four twenty nine. Uh, yeah, it was four twenty nine pounds as well. So it was a direct swap. Hmm. So there we go. There we go. Indeed. So quite quite a good lineup of of the SE lineup. Uh, yeah. Sorry, quite a good impressive lineup um, from the SE perspective. But uh, yeah. Whether Apple will do it, who knows? But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up for today after the bombshell of Open AI, the roller coaster of SpaceX, <laughs> and of course the Broadcom good or bad news, depending where you sit. Um, and the TV that you've got me now to queue up and watch. So we'll be back <laughs> next week then for episode 151, uh, which is uh gonna be the first episode of December. Can't believe that. Unbelievable. Um we are still on X, Twitter, whatever you call it this week. You can find us at Weekly Tech Rant on all of our show notes at techrant.online, uh, where we post the links to everything we've talked about today. So if you want to leave us a message, drop us a line, please do. Um, we're always happy to hear your comments, uh, whether we've got something right, something wrong, or, or whether you just want to tell us something interesting. We're always up for that. Um, so with that, then, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all. <laughs>